Welcome to The Gathering Place, a Blessed Is She podcast. We're so glad you're here. Come chat with us about Jesus, prayer, community, and life. So let's get started. Hey, Beth. Hey, Jenna. Who do we have here? Hi, Liv. Hi, guys. Friend, I cannot believe you're here in person. It's the best. Truly. Yeah. I always just want to say, it's the best. Okay. Oh, okay. That's so good, Jenna. It's not a Jenna. It. It's from one of uh, Father Dan. He's been on the podcast. Yeah. He just thinks it's so clever. It is clever. He's like, you're the best. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, Father. <laughs> it's very endearing. Friend, I'm so happy that you're sitting right here. Me too. <laughs> Can you introduce yourself? Sure. My name is Olivia Spears, but you can call me Liv, as you do. And everybody listening can call me Liv. That would just warm my little heart. I'm the blog manager for Blessed Is She. I live where I grew up in the great state of Kentucky. I am married to my high school best friend, turned college sweetheart. And we have three kids. And I just love following the Lord and seeing what he's up to and where he's going to take us next. And I also love y'all and just really like being with you. Agreed. Could not agree more. So glad you're here, Liv. You are a true gift. You guys, I was recently looking up saint quotes, which is basically all I do for my entire life is look up saint quotes. Anyway, Mm. we're maybe making a St. Augustine sticker similar to our like female saint sticker set. I was like, we should make some male saint stickers, you know? Anyway, so we have like three or four words that's usually underneath the saint, just like as an inspiration from the saint himself or herself. But I found this really cool Augustine quote that was... In one of his writings, he said, I am set on fire. What? Yeah. No, he didn't. Yes. Mm. I didn't know either. I questioned it. That sounds like him. Mm -hmm. I don't even know him like that, but it sounds like what I know of him. Isn't that insane? That's my kind of guy. I remember seeing a statue of him with his heart ablaze. And I wonder if that comes back to what you were just talking about, Jenna. Wow. Mm. Well, if that ain't a word for Lent... I don't know what is. Yeah, that's really beautiful. When a person is conquered by the fire of his gaze, no sacrifice seems too great to follow him. Wow. Yes. You touched me and I burned for your peace. To be honest with you, I just want to go do a holy hour right now. (laughs) I'm so moved by that. Okay, so do we change the whole title of the Lent devotional? (laughs) Is it too late, Liv? I know you wrote it. You prayed into it, but what do you think? Oh, that's a Jenna final decision. Jenna? Liv, it's your decision today. I think as long as the title gets at the heart of being set on fire with God's love, that's what it's about. You know what my original title was? What? Heart of Fire. Mm, That's good. Like St. Augustine's. This is what I want. I want to be like St. Augustine. I want my little tiny heart to have flames Mm -hmm. coming off of it. I want to be so moved by the gospel, by the person of Jesus, that it changes my life, that it affects my life. Jesus came to transform us. And I think we can gloss over that term of he came to transform us. But really, I mean, when you think of a transformation, it's full, total, in, out, just a complete change of who we are at our core, in our hearts. And that's why I think Augustine is pictured with his heart on fire, because That's what the work of the Holy Spirit does when we allow him into our hearts, when we allow him 
into all of our hearts, you know, not just the places that are comfortable or, you know, where we're (laughs) culturally prayerful. I think when we let him have full reign, like literal reign as the king of our hearts, that's when our hearts are set on fire. Well, I'm so excited because, you know, this whole season we've been talking about transformation and how the Lord changes our lives and what that what that means to live a life transformed by him. Yeah, and not only does the Lord want that theme to be a theme for the podcast, yeah, but a theme for first of all me personally for probably all of last year he was really trying to get me to focus on this idea of purification and my heart being purified, my sin being purified, my love, my my virtue being purified by him, my soul being purified. It's so funny because it feels so natural that whatever it is that we're really wrestling with in our own prayer, that the Lord's working on in our own hearts is what comes out in the work that we do here at Blessed Is She. And so the podcast has really been that, especially for for me and you, Beth, but this Lenten devotional called Set a Fire has been out of this great desire for the first time in my life to ask the Lord to purify me and to give me a pure heart that doesn't know anything else but to just love him and serve him and bow down in worship at his feet. It's just been beautiful. It's been beautiful to dive into that into my in my own prayer and it's been such a fruit for me and anyway, so Liv, you you are such a gift because you narrated this Lenten devotional and did it so beautifully and could you share maybe an area that the Lord has done that work in you or has transformed your life in some way and I agree with so much of what you said, Jenna. That was a very similar experience of the last couple of years for me really learning what it means when the Lord purifies us. I think sometimes we are tempted to put God at odds against himself. Like, Mm. oh, well, if God is merciful, how can he be just? Or if he's just, how can he be merciful? Or, you know, there's the old adage of like the Old Testament God and then the New Testament God, which as if they were two different beings, which is simply not the case. God, when he purifies us, does so, so gently, so patiently, so lovingly. And it's a really difficult experience to describe unless you've lived it. If you've lived through a season of intense suffering or a season of purification, and you've you've really leaned into the Lord in that instead of running away from him, you've tasted what it's like to be purified by him in such a way that your entire being is drawn to him. It doesn't feel hopeless or without cause it feels merciful. It feels like the divine love. And so when I was invited to narrate for the Lenten devotional, I had to giggle with the Lord a little bit because it was kind of coming off the heels of a season of really intense suffering in my life. And Jenna, you knew about that. And so the Lord and I just had a good laugh about it because once we discussed the theme and just the general fact that it's Lent— I knew that it was a really good time to dig into what he had taught me over that last year and what he and I had been through. And the devotional is not all about that or anything, but that was certainly the place where I was writing from. And just talking about the joy that comes from giving 
our whole lives to the Holy Spirit and that in walking with Jesus Christ, our crosses become easier to bear because they're born with him and alongside him. Yeah, I mean, what do, what do you say to that, Liv? It's so beautiful. I just love your heart. <laughs> I want to, like, you know, plumb the depths with you right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had an image recently in kind of a particularly painful situation, and I just had an image of Jesus. Um, I think maybe I was praying the rosary, and I was praying the fourth sorrowful mystery. Jesus carries his cross, and I, like, very vividly saw the Lord shouldering the cross and understanding that that it was the burden that I was carrying, this suffering that I'm enduring. And the Lord just looked at me and said, just walk next to me. Like, let me carry it Mm -hmm. and just walk next to me. For me, I'm learning to shift from like shouldering the cross to keeping Jesus company as he shoulders my cross. It's so subtle, that difference. It's painful in a different way, right? Mm -hmm. But one is very lonely and frustrating. And the other is really an invitation to intimacy. That's the heart of it right there. Difficulties, sufferings, crosses will come our way. We don't have to seek them out necessarily. They're all going to come up in our lives. And I think that we do have a choice about what to do with them. Do we kind of allow it to crush us by either trying to handle it on our own or running away from the Lord, running away from the Lord and running to sin? You know, mm. there's there's all sorts of ways where we can kind of begrudgingly bear the cross or we can choose exactly what you just said, Beth, which is to respond to that invitation to intimacy. There's a reason the saints spoke so highly of their seasons of suffering because I think they saw what fruit it bore in their own hearts when they allowed their suffering to bring them closer to Christ because he is such a comforter. You know, we, we call the Holy Spirit the comforter, the consoler. There's a reason for that because he does console. And so when we give him our sufferings, when we allow him to carry our cross, when we admit that we can't do it on our own, and when we just turn to him in dependency and love and trust, yeah, you know, knowing that he will console us, knowing that he will carry and has carried and will always carry the burden for us. That's when our suffering is transformed into joy. That's what the saints write about. Mm. And so I think that, you know, Lent is always the beautiful cyclical invitation within the church to enter into that passion of Christ, to allow him to purify us, to invite the Holy Spirit into maybe those parts of our hearts that we haven't fully surrendered yet. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe the pain that we really haven't talked to Jesus about yet. Lent is an invitation to enter in to that season with Jesus, to allow him to teach us, to allow him to save us, and to allow him to accompany us and us accompany him on the way. I love that you brought up the Holy Spirit because a lot of this theme ties into the Holy Spirit for me. Just the idea of this third person of the Trinity who is always with us, comforting us and at the same time making us holy and and purifying us and just his his presence, Mm -hmm. the breath, all of that is so incredible it's such a gift from Jesus that he gave us the Holy Spirit. And something that Beth and I have talked about quite a bit is sometimes we wonder like about people who don't know the Holy Spirit. I think the Holy Spirit for me is a lot about not only that purification and him giving me fruits of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit, 
But a lot of it for me is living in freedom too. I feel a sense of freedom when he is purifying me with that like holy conviction that I'm set free from the bondage of sin, from the bondage of my past, from the bondage of darkness. And there's a freedom in that. Yeah, I just think that that's something that we don't typically think about when we think about like purification and and suffering or, or being transformed by him is there's a freedom in that. Even just going back to you, Beth, and saying like the Lord is carrying this. He's he's shouldering this like there's a freedom off of your shoulders. Mm, yeah. Simply by that one flip. I had an image in prayer once. It was at a time when. I kept asking the Holy Spirit to deliver me of something, but it was (laughs) self-inflicted. You know what I mean? And so I'm like praying about this thing for so long. Oh, thank you, God, for being so patient. And I had this image in prayer of it was like in like a World War One type battlefield. Right. And like Mm. I'm on the battlefield and it's just madness. And I was wounded in battle and I wake up like in one of those tents, you know, Mm -hmm. like the medic tent and the Holy Spirit is with me. And I'm like. I'm trying to get up and get back out there. And he keeps telling me to to stop and to rest. And I keep saying, but I can. I can walk and I can get back out there. And so I should. I should keep going. I should keep fighting in this battle. And he said, but I'm not asking you to. And he was talking about this thing, right, that I had I had imposed upon myself, but was making me miserable. And that's that's what he was referring to in the battle. And he was giving me that freedom that you were talking about, Jenna. He said, I'm I'm not asking you to do this. You are putting this on yourself. And just because this is something that you can do doesn't mean that you should or that it will or that it's my will or that it will make you happy or holy. On the contrary. I think that he does give us that freedom when we surrender to him, when we allow him to to purify us of anything that's not of him. You know, we often quote St. John the Baptist, especially, you know, right before Lent, we quote St. John the Baptist of saying, he must increase, I must decrease. And that's, I think, at the heart of, of what we're getting at. You know, the purification, the setting free, the consoling, the carrying of our burdens, that is all part of getting our own selves out of the way so that we can make room in our heart for him, you know, more of him. That was St. John the Baptist's desire so ardently, you know, Beth, is, is that he just wanted the Messiah. That is who he wanted. That was his sole desire. And he is a model for us. I want a heart like his in St. Augustine's, you know, yeah. that just lives, waits, beats solely for the Lord. Mm -hmm. I love that you shared that image about rest because I was actually thinking and feeling the same thing, Jenna, as you were talking about how I think we imagine the Holy Spirit to be this fire, right? This force, this power, and he is. And yet (laughs) what that means for us is rest, Mm -hmm. that it's his effort, that it's his action we're just simply like surrendered and responding. So a life surrendered to the Holy Spirit or lived in the Holy Spirit is not a life that's like out of control or (laughs) off the rails or I don't know, these kind of funny ideas we have about what a, a, a life of radical discipleship, you know, driven by the Holy Spirit would look like. It's really a life of like peace and rest. You know, we're fighting so much with our own sin, with our own self and yeah, the Holy Spirit's like, let me, let me take that for you. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Let me purify that. Mm-hmm. And it is a gentle purification. Totally. It is so often an invitation to rest. I feel like that was my introduction to the Holy Spirit, actually. Even though I, I'd been baptized in the Holy Spirit and definitely experienced and feel the, the presence of the Holy Spirit. But when I really leaned into relationship with him, the first thing he did was teach me about rest. That's amazing. I love that you said radical discipleship. And I think that our tendency can be to overcomplicate things. But everything that we're talking about, it's all done one step at a time, one decision at a time, one fiat at a time. I'm thinking of the Lenten devotional and what the other beautiful writers have shared in that and from their own hearts and their own stories. And that's just that's just what I keep hearing and seeing is the pursuit of virtue rather than vice is just one decision at a time. It's one response of love to God at a time, one response to other people in yes. love at a time. It's one act of surrender at a time. And it doesn't, it often does not look flashy. It often does not look like a huge blazing fire. But what's so beautiful about God is that even though our fiat in one moment may look like something as small as wiping a bottom or holding your tongue against, you know, somebody who's kind of irritating you, even though that's kind of small on the outside, what is happening inside is that blazing fire of the Holy Spirit. Mm. And so it often doesn't look like anything impressive, but God sees all and he sees our heart. He sees the choices that we make and that's what causes the blazing fire. I've just been wondering if it's possible to, in the midst of suffering, in the midst of the purification, to be excited about it. Absolutely. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. not to just look back at it and say like, wow, we got through that and I really grew. But in the moment to like, I don't know, like activate our faith and say like, thank you, Lord. This hurts so bad, but thank you because I know you see that I'm gold and you want to purify anything that's um, like when gold is purified in fire, mm-hmm. any impurities mm-hmm. are like melted away until only the gold remains. And I want that. I want the Lord to shine through in me, which means we got to get all the other stuff out. And as the word promises us, he'll test us and, and try us by fire, not in the sense of passing a test, but yeah, he gives us the opportunity to discover, I think, those impurities in us and allow him to remove them. I mean, there are multiple, multiple verses, multiple books, particularly in the Old Testament, about the Lord as a refining fire, purifying us as a precious metal. And I think that's the part we've got to focus on, Mm. that we're a precious metal. And the Lord wants us to be pure and he sees the worth in it. He wants to not even shine us up, but return us to the glory that he created in us. He wants that to be the truest thing, the brightest thing about us. In Job chapter 23, verse 10, but he knows the way that I take. When he has tested me, I shall come out like gold. Mm. Like, I feel like I need a t-shirt or something. (laughs) Like, I shall come out like gold. Imagine if we like memorized that verse and declared it over our suffering. I mean, I'm literally, I'm taking notes right now in my mind that Mm -hmm. I'm just going to start saying to myself in the midst of it, like, I'm going to come out like gold. 
I want to be holy. I want, I want anything that appears unfavorable or, or anything that is painful, any kind of suffering or inconvenience. I want to come out like gold, not because I'm passing a test, but because I want to be holy. I want to get better. First Peter 5.10. And after you have suffered a little while, the God of grace who has called you into his eternal glory in Christ will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. Mm. There's actually no point to me reading that verse. It just gets me fired up. Absolutely. <laughs> it's kind of in the same vein. You know yeah. what I mean? Well, absolutely. Everything you talked about with Job, you know, it also makes me think of St. Paul, what he wrote in the midst of all of his suffering, you know, and he, he preached that word of, in my weakness, he is strong. Liv, you're a friend of St. Paul. I mean, the man is in prison for half of these letters that we're reading. And we read them like people get up, you know, the sweet lector, and they unfold their little <laughs> reading glasses at mass. And they read this epistle as though Paul isn't weeping, starved, mm-hmm. beaten, yeah, in a dark prison cell. Yes. It, we, we read it so um, it's Cleansed. sterile. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're almost distant from the reality of it. We are. And he talks about the thorn in his side, you know, and how he's asked the Lord to remove it. You know, it's some sort of suffering. He's asked the Lord to remove it. And that was not the Lord's will. And so Paul instead just started glorifying him for it. And he continued to write about the love of the Lord, the joy of the Lord, the conviction of the Lord, even in the midst of that personal suffering, in the midst of being in prison, in the midst of being persecuted. And I think that he is an example of an answer to your question, Beth, of is it possible to just go ahead and rejoice and declare victory in the midst of your suffering? Answers a super yes. And we see that in Job. We see that in Peter. We see that in Paul. We see that throughout the entire salvation history, including the saints. Totally. And I love what you said, Liv, that it's just little by little. So we do a stand up every morning as a staff. We just pray together in the morning and then share kind of what we're up to for the day. And one time, Liv, you said, like, give me grace for this moment. Mm -hmm. We're given the grace for what God has asked us to do. Mm. We're not given the grace to do what he hasn't asked us to do. So the wisdom in that would be to quit fretting about our own will and our own, you know, path that we want to carve out for ourselves on Mm -hmm. our own and our wonderful plan. And instead ask him what he has for us that day. Mm -hmm. Ask him what he has for us in that moment, because that's the grace he has to give us is the grace of the moment, the grace to live in his will. So if we wake up each day and renew that commitment and renew that desire within our own hearts and just say, Holy Spirit, show me Show me your will today. I love you. Help me when I face temptation. Keep me close to you. I want to do what you want. I love you and I trust you. Then we go about our day and we're given the grace for everything we need, everything we encounter. I love that. And it's just so beautiful to know, again, it's not our own self-reliance. It's through the Lord's grace, through his love and his mercy, that little by little, we can surrender little by little and he does all the work and he purifies and he makes us new. And again, we fly. 
It's exciting. <laughs> the work of holiness is exciting. I agree. Guys, suffering is is not fun. You know, right. I'm going to be the first to tell you. Yeah. It's awful. We all know that, you know, but <laughs> it's not it's not pointless and it's not fruitless and it's not wasted. Mm-hmm. And so the work of holiness is joyful and the work of giving our hearts over more and more to the Holy Spirit is a work of freedom. Becoming more virtuous and becoming more like Christ is a work of beauty. And so even in the muck, even in the tough, even when we just feel like we really literally can't get any lower, we can still, because of the virtue of hope, we can still lift up our heads and begin again. And that's what we get to do this Lenten season because Jesus is so good and merciful. And that's the invitation he gives us with every new moment and every new day. I just wonder, would we ever willingly give up our self-reliance if not for suffering? Mm. Like if things were working out, what incentive would there ever be for dependence upon the Lord? I would argue no. I mean, I think you look at the lives of the saints and again, you know, we're, there's a difference between taking on a penance and like seeking out suffering. Yeah. You know, we don't need to we don't need to like seek out like for our lives to be awful. You know, there's a difference between that and penance. Penance is good. That's the other is a little distorted. Where holiness and grace come in and dependence upon the Lord, rejection of reliance upon ourselves, I think comes in just accepting the suffering that does come our way. Mm-hmm. And I think if we look at the lives of the saints, they would argue that suffering is necessary in order for us to rely on ourselves less Mm. and rely on the Lord more. Have you ever seen a process of precious metal being purified? Have you, Beth? Yeah, it's the craziest thing. I could tell by your face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When when they put (laughs) like a pot of gold, right? The melted down pure liquid of gold. The dross, right? Which is all the impurity or the alloy rises to the surface and you just skim it off the top. Whoa. Isn't that cool? That's the process that's happening in our soul. We are gold. That dross, that impurity is deep within us. So the heat has to be applied, melt us down to liquid. I mean, can't even hold our own form. Mm-hmm. And all the dross just rises to the top and then just scoop it right off. There's something I'm going to be praying with. Isn't that cool? That is so cool. Google like images of it or videos. It's really cool. And I mean, if when you think of the Holy Spirit, right, as fire and being the one who purifies us and with with our cooperation, if we cooperate with his grace. And again, the Lenten season is a perfect time to do this where we really talk to him about, hey, Lord, what needs to go in my life? What is is taking your place Mm -hmm. when we take time to allow all the junk, you know, to come up and for him to purify us? It's a work of cooperation with grace mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and just being made new. I mean, the gold is not destroyed. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? It changes shape, but it's not thrown away. It's not rejected. It's not crushed. It's transformed. The shape of it is transformed and it's purified. Isn't that beautiful? Liv, I can't thank you enough for who you are, for your friendship, for plumbing the depths with us on the regular Thanks for going into the deep with us, friend, always. Can I ask you to close us with a prayer? I would love to. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Come, Holy Spirit, we love you. Thanks for being with us. Jesus, I pray for Jenna and Beth and 
all the women and men listening to this podcast. Lord, I just ask that we would have hearts that are open to yours, hearts that are willing to be moved and melted and molded by the Holy Spirit, hearts that are willing to be transformed and set afire by your Holy Spirit. God, we just want more of you in our lives. Thank you for always extending that invitation. We want to be rid and purified of anything that is not of you. Holy Spirit, will you show us anything in our lives now that's not of you? Lord, we hand these things over to you. In a spirit of surrender, we ask that you fill us up with your new life. And Jesus, as we go about this Lenten season, we just walk by your side. We thank you for bearing our burdens when you carried your cross and now alongside us as we bear our own. And we just ask that you take our burdens. We surrender them to you. We know that to die in you is to rise in you. We thank you for saving us. Thank you for redeeming us. Thank you for restoring us. Be with us during this season as we contemplate your passion and your death and your resurrection. Make us into new creations. Make us into who you have created us to be. And I ask all of this in your mighty name. Amen. Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks, guys. Love you. Thank You're you. the best. You're the best. <laughs> <laughs> love you. I love you. Friends, we would love to pray with you this Lent. You can pick up our Lenten devotional, Set a Fire in the shop. You know that address. Jenna, tell the people. Blessedisshe.net slash shop. Bye.